This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. It's not going to get better. Um, Boston is uh, run by higher education uh, group that have higher influence in policies, and it's not going to be uh, changing much. So, I'm sorry. It's I'm not saying Boston Boston is doomed. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying changes are going to be gradual and needs community involvement. Previously in Greater Boston. Have you got the parole pass? If you allow me to go to work, I will give everything in my pocket. You didn't get evicted, did you? Because you'll be arrested, you'll keep your job and pay off your debt to Redline with your service. So, about uh, our arrangement? I'll put in some kind of good word for you with Louisa. The truth of ball and bot and ghost and man, once I inscribe the mind with mindful space, the mind will be self-entwined, and thus entwined, the self can be relined. Help me reunite my family. Not until you help me with Redline. Deal? I believe it is. This week in Greater Boston, episode 43, A Tale of Two Red Lines. April 14, 7.30 a.m. Approach South Branch Shopping Districts Broadcast Advertising for Luxury Capitalism. Good morning, Redline Shoppers. I'm your favorite mayor, Emily Bespin, here with my good friends, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon. Good morning, Redline. I'm here with your favorite mayor, Emily Bespin. You can't see him right now, but Matt Damon is saying good morning to you, too, in American Sign Language. Is that what he's doing? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, you're in America now, Matt Damon. Time to learn English. Uh, but it's... Anyway, we're here to tell you about something really special. We sure are, and I can't wait to find out what it is. Well, I'll tell you, Ben Affleck. It's a little thing called luxury capitalism. Ooh. That sounds even more expensive than regular capitalism. It sure is, Ben Affleck. Luxury capitalism is the joyous opportunity to acquire high-end, non-essential consumer goods at radically exorbitant prices. Oh, Matt Damon is doing that thing with his hands again. Yes, he's saying he's not really sure that sounds like a good thing. Well, I'll tell you, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon is exactly right. Luxury capitalism isn't a good thing. It's a great thing. Maybe even the best thing. Why, I take part in luxury capitalism every day, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Wow, you must be very rich, Mayor Besman. I sure am. That's how you know you should respect me. That's a very revealing statement. Thank you, Ben Affleck. And did you know that you can take part in luxury capitalism right here in Redline? Thanks to our South Branch Luxury Shopping Arcades, all along the Redline platforms. 
all the finest high-end non-essential consumer goods right at your fingertips. All you have to do is open your wallet. And what sort of goods can we buy there? Doesn't even matter, just buy them. Oh, Matt Damon's doing it again. Yes, he says that he's contractually obligated to say that your previous comment sounds like excellent advice. He sure is, Ben Affleck. So that's luxury capitalism right here in Redline. Spend money now. This is Nicole Fonzarelli for The Underground recording an interview with Lucia. Alias for the interview, Maria. Are you ready? Miss Fonzarelli, are you sure no one will know it's me? We'll do our best to keep you anonymous. We've given you an alias. We'll obscure some of the details. And we can modulate your voice, too, if you'd like. <laughs> None of them even know what I sound like. They will soon enough. Are you ready? Do you need anything else? Water? No. I'm ready. Counting you down, Nicole. Three, two, one. This is Nicole Fonzarelli from The Underground, interviewing Maria, which is an alias. Aside from some key identifiable details, everything else in this interview will be a factual attempt to look into what being a non-residential in Redline can be like. Maria, can you tell me when you first started working in Redline? About six years ago? It was surely after the referendum. We were living in a cramped one-bedroom at the time, too expensive, and thousands of problems our landlady refused to fix. I started working at a coffee shop on an Ashman train. It was nice. The owner, Jesse, he installed these noise cancellation panels so the train was little more than a dull roar. He played classical music and set up quiet stations throughout the train. Most of the time, people respected the rules. It was about as peaceful as Redline could get. People came to work, read, study. Jesse paid well, too, and was an understanding boss. My husband joined me a short time later, Ernesto, his second job. Should, should I change his name, too? We can take care of that later. If it helps you tell the story naturally, keep it for now. Okay. Ernesto, who would have ever thought he'd make a better barista than me? His ladder design. You know, the thing white ladies are always taking a million pictures of? He would do portraits on request. Really incredible. And his PSLs were so popular we ran out of ingredients before the end of October. When Isabel's boycott happened, Jesse pitched in at first. He tried to figure out how to make deliveries only to other cars who were also boycotting. Ernesto handled that. It was dangerous work because people were so unhappy. Even though he was a better barista, he didn't want me going out. He got so bad. Ex thrown at him, or worse. Eventually, Jesse decided it wasn't worth it. He'd opened another shop above ground in Kendall and focused his attention on that. Unfortunately, that place was all stuffed up, but he told us when his redline branch came back, he'd give us a call. That never happened. So we holed up for a while, but we had to find other work. 
I waitressed at this new fancy restaurant, Belvedere. Ernesto was a cashier and beggar at the grocery store stationed at Andrew, and we got by for a while. Until the eviction happened. We, we tried to just go about our business, pretend it didn't matter at first. But it wasn't long before they sent someone. Cops and those... Those robots. They pulled us out, trashed our things, held us down and made us watch as they destroyed our furniture into splinters. Picture frames. They threw the pictures into the tracks. We didn't have any other copies. Some of them have been passed down in my family for generations. I'm so sorry. We... we stayed with my sister. She lives in Roxbury, but we still needed to work. At the time, the economy around Boston wasn't the best, and we still had jobs in Redline. But we were banned, so getting there was dangerous. When we were thrown out, it was made very clear. If we set foot in Redline again, we would be arrested. Arrested on sight. And that's what happened to your husband? To Ernesto? Yes. And it's only a matter of time before I'm next. Do you think Boston is divided between the have and the have not? Have and have's not? You know what I mean. I'm just seeing a much greater divide in income inequality. I actually think it has been getting worse. Those who have to like live and work, who can't live in the neighborhoods in which they're working. That line keeps pushing outwards and outwards. When I was living in Cambridge, I thought it was in one place, and then it pushed further enough out that I had to move to Somerville. And then it moved further enough out, and that, that, that pushed me again. Because... That's the way our city is laid out. I'm just going to be honest. It's just the way it's laid out. Boston zoning, which defines what is built where, is uh, archaic. I mean, even what subway line you're on. The red line north of, of Boston, it's the haves. And the red line south of Boston, it's the have-nots. The orange line is a far different affair. You can see it the second you walk on a train. There is a, a decided difference of how these trains act and where they can take you. That is, is clearly a class dividing line. It's always been that way. Sometimes you can't change what's already like, what's already been the way we live. And yes, it is getting worse, um, especially if you like go into downtown Boston, you don't see um, that many people of color and you can tell those who are the haves and those who are not. Who actually lives in Boston? Like, if you pointed to the city of Boston on the map, you're pointing to a place where a bunch of people don't live. And the people who do live are ghouls. Redline Real Estate. Troy. There's no other way to say it. Redline is hot right now. Red hot. <laughs> Did I ever think I'd be selling high-end real estate on a train? Are you kidding me? It's 2,000 square feet. A true and original Big Red. Not one of those new and modified jobs other firms lie to you about. 
This is the real deal. Everyone always asks the same questions. Is it safe? Will a homeless person just walk into our home from a station platform and mug us? What happens if I'm shaving and the train hits a bump? Will the water get too hot in the shower and scald my skin off? And I get it, it's a train, it's unorthodox, but that's what makes it hot, baby, red hot. <laughs> uh, but not the water, it doesn't scald, okay? I mean, it's so exclusive. It has a hot tub on the far end, adjacent to the bathroom, with heated tiles, mm -hmm. and luxury shower. It parks on the Charles at night when there's no service, with views of both Boston and Cambridge, and uh, huh? The water? Oh, it's heated from the electricity of the trains. There are tanks that store cold and hot water. Of course it's safe. Do you know who I just sold a unit to? Mark Wahlberg. Marky Mark? Would Mark Wahlberg shower in unsafe scalding train water? Pfft, no, baby. Beckett. Well, it's a highly competitive market, so I don't think it'll stay listed for long, especially with myself and my team pushing the sale. One way to sell people on Redline is the system the Bestmans have come up with. It's truly unique and instantly creates an air of exclusivity. I mean, they literally took out the garbage. If you know what I mean. What do I think of Troy? <laughs> Troy thinks he's hot, but it's mostly because he stakes his reputation on personally knowing the Bestmans. I have a line on John Krasinski. He's been excited about what's happening in Redline and he's expressed interest in owning a whole train before. And this is about as close as we can come. John Krasinski? He's the guy that stares at the camera in the office? The main guy. No, the other main guy. Uh, he's also in the movie where if you talk, you get killed by aliens. Yes, there you go, Jim. Jim and Pam, yes. Yeah, you know, I might even be able to arrange having Emily give you a personal tour. Troy? <laughs> he like went to Harvard for half a semester and was in Emily's sociology class? Yes. Mayor Emily Bespin? I doubt she even looked at no, him twice. And now it's like, friend. oh yeah, we're close personal friends. Please. Oh, well, I'm very proud to be besties with her honor, Emily Bespin. Are mayors, like, automatically judges when they become mayors? No? Then what's up with the your honor business? I, that has to be a thing. I've never seen a market take off like this. And I used to manage the seaport area. Before it ended up mostly underwater. Yeah. Oh boy. Hey, Gemma. Hey, best friend. What are you up to? Heading to Wendell's and off to a restaurant. That's fantastic. I'm major jelly. You know, I, I haven't told you how much I like him. I mean, first impressions aside, I love the way he treats you. And his voice, uh, chef's kiss maestro, mwah. <laughs> what do you need? And please tell me it's not illegal. How did you know that You're I... You're being too nice. Next time, if you want to work up to it, rein it in a little. Noted. Okay, well, it's totally legal. But I'm going to hate it, aren't I? You're going to hate me for suggesting it. But it's important, and it would feel like a missed opportunity if I didn't say it, so... Go on, get it over with. Well, I've got a lead on someone who owns Wonderland. I know, Phil told me in our last creepy-ass meeting. Give it to Omi and Isabel, they're the ones who would handle all the legal and real estate shit anyways. Right. Well, 
that might be my next step. But first... Oh, God. I think he just wants to apologize. Again. Oh, God. Look, I really hate asking you to do this, but... Do you realize the last time we met, he basically asked me out? He dangled Wonderland in front of me like a murdering hypnotist in an old black and white movie and said, let's discuss this over dinner. I did not know that. And that's really gross. I'm sorry. Amazing what your new friend neglects to tell you. He's not my friend. But he is helping me out. Helping us all out. Feeding me information, retrieving things for me. Inside errand boy stuff. Oh, so he's doing stuff Nika did before he arrested her for doing it? Nika did things wrong, too. That she later tried to stop, but which Phil made sure to complete for her. I'm not going to make excuses for him. Uh, and yet... You don't have to do this again. I'm sorry. I'll think about it. But it'll be public, it'll be short, and I won't be alone. And I still reserve the right to say no. That's more than I could ask for. And while we're on the subject, I legitimately am happy things are working out for you and Wendell. He's bug nuts, but you're kind of bug nuts. Uh, thanks? I didn't see it at first, but he really cares about you. And he listens to you, and he puts you first. And you deserve that. Be good to him. I will... Thanks. You, you don't need to butter me up after I said the thing, you know? I realize. But I wanted to remind you that our friendship wasn't entirely about requesting horrible favors. Maria, how and why did Ernesto get arrested? <sighs> it sounds almost silly when I say it out loud. It was those damn machines. The Vickies. The things that replace the Charlie cards to write the tea. The parole passes. The minimum amount to get one of those cards is $250. We could barely afford it. We tried spreading out our shifts so we could use it one at a time. But of course, that was a disaster. It's not like using them helped us get to work on time. Oh, Redline keeps a brilliant schedule. But for the residents, not the passengers. Do you have any idea what it's like? Waiting on the platform, watching train after train go by with empty luxury apartments. Model homes, five minutes late. Investment property, ten minutes late. Open houses, twenty. And even if we take Boston buses, the traffic makes us late. And we still need to pay to get into the stations. We work hard. We don't deserve to be treated like this. I hate being defined in this way. Their looks, their squints, they look at me and they see a waitress, a poor waitress. The help. Words far worse. I can speak five languages. Before I needed to work full time, I was taking night classes, working on my master's in education. I'm a local Brit champion, an excellent seamstress, and the best damn cook on the block, if not the city. My chili has made men cry. Ernesto is a musician, fiddle and guitar. 
He plays baseball. He coaches football. And when they see us, they don't see any of that. Not a shred. They're not even looking for it. They have wealth, but I don't see it in their stares. I don't want to hate them, but hate is still better than what I see when they look at me. Worse than indifference. They don't see me as a human. Sometimes they don't even see me at all. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what that feels like. Are you okay? Yes. Are you okay to continue? We could take another break. No, I need to keep going. Lucia, where is Ernesto now? He is, uh, he's still working at the grocery store. Shaw's underground at Andrew. He works 12 hours a day, and we don't make a dime. When he's done with his shift, he gets carted back to Shawmet and sleeps in a cell. I never get to see him. Visitation hours are scheduled during the day, and I can't risk going during work. One day, not too long ago, I had the pro pass because I had an early brunch shift. But Ernesto needed to get in early, too. We tried to stagger our shifts so we didn't work at the same time. This meant we barely saw each other, but we could use the parole pass easily. So, we're not proud of this. But we were out of options. He used the pass and we both rushed in and... And... They caught you. Those machines. The RLPD... Ridiculous alarms going off. Ernesto gave me the pass and told me to go on to work. He told them it was a mistake and he would purchase another pass. But I knew what he was doing. He was sparing me and taking the fall. The last thing he said to me was, have a good day. He said it like he was saying goodbye. Goodbye for who knows how long. And the only way I could respond was saying, you too. And I tried to tell him everything I needed to with those two useless words. I love you. I'm sorry. Thank you. Please run. Run away with me. Jump and make the train with me. Let's run out of this city, out of this entire area, until we can't stop running, until we find a place that doesn't judge us solely for fighting to survive. But... There's only so much two syllables can do. The train was coming to cart me to my shift. When the train passed the station, I looked out the window and saw him being put in handcuffs. I've thought about going to see him at work, just to say hi. But I can't risk getting him in more trouble. And I don't have the time. I've had to increase my shifts because we don't get paid for his shifts anymore. The city says this is justified because it's paying off the debt of his crime. I'm trying to find another job. Somewhere outside of this damn city. But it's hard. I need to work two jobs now because we're no longer earning income from Ernesto's work. I just don't know how this can happen. For the longest time, we didn't understand how they expected the city to function when they weren't letting the workers even get to their work. Well, now I understand. 
My uncle used to gamble. Home games, casinos. He was a functioning gambling addict. My mother would ask him how his gaming was going, and he always would give the same answer. No matter your luck, the house always wins. That's redline, and I'm not sure people are even aware that so much of the backbone of the workforce, it's essentially slavery. It's wrong. It's just so wrong, and it's only a matter of time before I am taken too. I need to get to work. Thank you, Lucia. I can't thank you enough for sharing that, and I'm so sorry. Here, I'm giving you the number of my colleague Michael Tate. He knows someone working in Redline for people like you. If you ever get in trouble, call Michael. This group. Can they help my husband? They might be able to. Yes. Give them a call. They know people. <sighs> thank you. I will. Hey, are you ready to go? Hey, uh, almost. Are you okay to come in for a minute? Oh, sure. I, I mean, I figured we'd be getting off here since the restaurant is at the station, but if, if you're not ready... No, no I, I know. I, I, I called the restaurant and asked if they could push up our reservation. I, uh, I have to uh, do a favor for someone. Oh, okay, sure. What's going on? Uh, your friend Michael reached out to me asking if I could help someone who needs to get to work without incident. She was evicted, but both her and her husband work in Redline still. But her husband was arrested recently, you know, and... Michael? Yeah. Reached out to you? Yes. He had your number? Yes. I wonder why he didn't call me. Well, probably because I'm a resident. I mean, I'm sorry, I should have talked to you about this first, but... Oh, no, that's okay. I'm, I'm proud of you for helping. Does Gemma know about it? I'm not sure. Is she asking a lot of you again? Well, yeah, but... Uh, can I... Have you, have you talked to Michael on the phone before? Yes. Oh. I, I called him asking for advice. Advice about what? Um... I'm sorry. I, it, it's private, right? You, you don't need to tell me. But you know you could ask me for advice, right? Of course. I, I know that. Just, like... You could tell me about anything. What does that mean? Well, Mike, Michael told me about the trip you were making to Providence last week. Come on, are, are you really worried about me and Michael? No, no, I'm, I'm surprised I found out about it from him rather than you. Okay, I, I, I was going to tell you, I just hadn't yet. Sure. Can you, I mean, can you tell me what's bothering you tonight? Ugh. It's just something Gemma said to me. I, I, I don't want to get into it. Uh-huh. Okay. What's bothering you? Nothing. I, nothing really. You know, you never asked me why I still live in Redline. I'm sure you have your reasons. Well, yeah, but, like, I wasn't evicted. Clearly. Which means... You weren't part of the boycott. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think of that? Well, tell me why you didn't do it. Well, you know I work in the copy shop to pay the bills, but, like, singing is my real passion, and I just, I just couldn't afford it. To take that risk, 
And trust me, I live with that guilt every day. It's one of the reasons why I offered to help Michael with whatever he needed. But, I mean, you know, who am I to turn people away when I wasn't brave enough to let them in before? And when the boycott was proposed, I, I wanted to help. I was just scared. And that's not a good answer, but it's the truth. Doing the right thing is scary. It's also not what everyone is always able to afford, right? You know, if you knew then what you know now, would you do things differently? Yeah, well, sure, I'd I'd live in Wonderland. And then your fate would depend on whether or not I decide to date my psychotic ex. Good times. (laughs) Do you think less of me? I mean, be honest. At all? For not participating? Less of you, no. No, I, I think more of you for being honest. There's more I could have done, or should have done. There's more I should do still. (laughs) Hell, maybe I should go hang with Phil if it means getting Wonderland. But I have my limits, and so do you. The important thing is I'm trying. But I'm far from perfect, and speaking as someone who threw her lucrative business away on impulse to take on a very non-lucrative one, I completely understand why you did it. I understand your fear. And I understand why that's pushing you to do more now. And I'll support you with that, however I can. You're wonderful. Do you know that? Oh, well, do go on. I would, but we're coming up on our stop. Then you can go on at dinner. Do you think Boston is divided between the haves and the have-nots? How could it not be? I'm seeing more of a mix. You uniquely notice the divide, I think, when you're in, like, a service job. You're kind of getting the brunt of just how entitled some people can be. I I think we have to educate ourselves about each other. I'm not talking about general chemistry or things like that. We, You know, that, that's not the education. Edu- educating yourself about social knowledge and well-being. If it's not defined, then you don't you don't have value to be in contact with your neighbor. Then you won't na- know neighbor, and the neighborhood does not change. This city has old institutions that are built off of pay to be a member, a la insert one of the 30 colleges, public and private, in the city of Boston alone. Even with, like, college students, you can tell when someone is, like, very wealthy and never had to work a day in their life for any of the money they have, and then you can tell when somebody is, like, working to pay rent and pay their tuition. You can tell the difference in how they interact with not only each other, but the world around them. Some customer will open up their wallet, and I'm making, like, $300 a month, and they'll open up their wallet, and there's that in there. Like, they just have, like, three or four hundred dollar bills in their wallet, and I'm like, oh, man. But I think there's more people who are willing to talk about the needs of others in the community and to really build upon that. Like, the wage increase. There's so many different people and organizations who are advocating for that. So I definitely think that there's positivity on the horizon. I still have hope because I also think there's more people paying attention and wanting to change it. Maybe not the haves so much. You get called, like, a mask Nazi by people who are very clearly some of the richest people you've ever laid your eyes on. Like, rich enough that they don't actually have, like, day-to-day problems. And so they have to make up something to be upset about. And that something is the 20-something-year-old non-binary barista at their local Starbucks who is just, just sitting there. I think we've always been divided. It's always been that way. I don't think it'll ever change. Some people are just different. Other people will just leave Boston. And I think that's happening too. Ah, what are you gonna get? 
I don't know. This menu is kind of boring. You recommended this place. Well, they change it up, and the last time it was here, it felt more fresh. This is all somewhat same old. I read a review when it first opened that sounded good, but you know how it is. The normies discover a good place and it all goes to hell. Look at those people over there. What is that? Polo? Probably got it at Target. Ugh. Too many Targets on Redline. Well, they are a Legion subsidiary. True. And I suppose the branding speaks for itself. Good evening. Welcome to Belvedere's. Have you dined with us before? He has. But I haven't. Why do they always ask you that, anyway? Oh, well, it's just to see if you're familiar with us or if you need a bit of an explanation about our seasonal... Christ! It's a restaurant, not a SWAT analysis. <laughs> Seriously, honey, when you go to Burger Drop, do they need to explain to you how it works? Let me ask you something. Do people ask you for recommendations? Sometimes, yes. And what do you tell them? Do you lie to them, huh? Tell them your favorites? As part of our training, the chef asks us to sample newer menu items. <laughs> I bet that's her favorite day of the year. <laughs> so I'm really hungry, and I'm not sure what to order. What would your recommendations be? Maybe the bone marrow with tomato bread to start? The impossible bolognese is very good. Oh my god. God, impossible? You'd recommend both bone marrow and some gross veggie substitute? Are you kidding me? Or do you not know what impossible means in this case? I know what it means. I have an even better question. What's your favorite restaurant? I'll give you gentlemen some time to look over the menu. No, no, no. We're not done with you yet. Oh, come on. What kind of places do they have on your red line train? Is there a, a pizza ghost waiting for you when you get home? <laughs> oh, God. Wait, do you even live here? Oh, good question. I really don't think these are appropriate questions and... Tell us where you live and we'll order. I live in red line. Really? What car? What number? One of the stations. Oh, of course. Which one? You don't really live on Red Line, do you? Of course she doesn't. So, here's the deal. You're gonna hook us up with some free drinks and extra apps, or we're going to tell your manager that you're illegal just by being here. And the next thing you know, you'll be working here for nothing. Which... Given your service, it's probably what you deserve. Is this Warsaw? Who is this? I am a friend of Nicole Fonzarelli. She put me in touch with Michael Tate and he gave me your information. I need to get out right away. Okay, uh, what train are you on? Let me see how fast we can extract you. Talk to me, Leon. What are we looking at? The closest stop is Central Square. 
The platform should be clear for the time period, provided the train keeps the schedule. Which it always does. Huey, you copy? Redline, car seven, and the Belvedere restaurant will be pulling into Central. We need an extraction car there pronto. Roger, Warsaw. I think I can make it in time to pick you all up in the extraction car. Keep the lines open and keep talking. This poor woman is freaked out beyond belief. Good reason. We'll get her out. I'm heading out of Elwood. Should be there in 15 minutes as long as the schedule holds. It will. It will. And we'll be there waiting for her in seven. Timing works for Salmon can't swim upstream if they're jumping into the bear's jaw. I am engineer. You're one of them, a completed pie graph's missing slice. Correct, I am with Legion. And I'm here to tell you that we'd like you to be with Legion as well. A pretzel is known for its shape more than its taste and texture, that which defines it. Don't get me wrong, you've long impressed us. In a sense, you're already working with us. But after your newest breakthrough, I don't even quite understand how it's possible. And you won't, because my brain is not for sale. Of course, it's your intellectual property. Or is it someone else's? Someone named... Leon Stamatis. Leon Stamatis? His consciousness you've infused into your dutiful little dairy droids? How do you suspect he feels about his persona being shared so far and widely? You are not your name. You just wear it like a cheap hat. You're not wrong. I am not truly an engineer. They sent me because out of all of them, I best understand you. I used to be like you. I used to resist. What are you resisting, Bespin? What is it that you truly want? Wonderland. Ethan wants Wonderland. An amusement park for you to own and control, to experiment on all your own. It does not matter if it amuses anyone other than you, but it is vast and can be shared and tweaked and refined all at your leisure. Wonderland will soon be mine. That's my understanding as well. But things are one day understood, and then the next day, you find not everyone shares the same understanding. You're pushing the valve on a broken water fountain installed in the Sahara. You had our dearly departed Mr. Stamatis in your, uh, possession, did you not? Such a funny word, that is, in this instance, no? Yes and yes. And it was your understanding that if he was in your possession, he was yours. An understanding Legion shares. But then... A bat was blinded when it couldn't fly. And there you have it. Your understanding did not match that of another. 
But did that stop you? No. It's likely you could end up with Wonderland, but we at Legion, we favor contingency plans. We own many amusement parks, some of them scheduled to be revitalized, renewed, re-engineered, and we think you would be the perfect candidate for such an endeavor. I see. A second circuit for the charge to flow. And all you'd need to do is give us details on how you managed to tap into the remnants of that blasted little ball using the shared network of your favorite little cheese metal friends. And only if plans fall through with your plan A. But rest assured, Legion wants you to be one of us either way. And what of Emily? We are separated seasons, her being the withered cold of autumnal death. Emily. You don't want Emily. Separated seasons now, yes. You wanted Emily. But what if you could silence autumnal Emily? You want the Emily that was. Reunite with the spring Emily again? Hmm? That's not possible. Best pin, you undercut yourself. Your breakthrough? Programming hundreds of human computers with perfect punctuality? You've only scratched the surface of what's possible. <laughs> Wild turkeys only fly into trees to roost at night. Uh, come again? People can't be programmed. Oh, Ethan, Ethan. You're no better than that. When I asked you what you wanted, I wanted you to be honest. Look within you. Find that little voice guiding your way. That's the voice you all have, Ethan. What does that voice say? Don't deny it now. What does it whisper sweetly into your heart? It's that voice which proves you wrong. Not programmable. <laughs> What does that voice desire? The harder you fight, the more you try to pull away. If your breakthrough can program robots into behaving a certain way, well... The firmer my grip, the tighter it gets. How long before we can give you the Emily you want her to be? The Emily you deserve. Yes, that's what it is. The Emily that first supported you completely before the passive-aggressive criticisms and all that talk of wasted money? Before she left. Before... Redline. If pain is rife, rewrite a life, rewire a wife, relieve our strife, remove the knife! There we are. Honesty. Yes. I would like that. I would like that very much. We knew you would see it our way. You are Legion material after all. Alewife, Davis, Porter, Harvard, Central, Kendall, Charles slash MGH, Park, Downtown Crossing, South Station, Broadway, Andrew, JFK slash UMass, Sabin Hill, Fields Corner, Charlotte, Ashmont. Next stop, Kendall MIT. 
Inbound service temporarily suspended. Train being taken out of service at Bunyan Station. We apologize for momentary delay. Leon! I, I, I'm here. Where'd you go, guy? I'm not sure I can explain. Okay, well, focus. Lucia's about to get arrested at Central. Isaiah says our extraction train isn't moving. What's the status? It's being rerouted. Taken off the tracks in Harvard Square. Motherfuck on a cracker, are you sure? Positive. They know. Somehow they know what we're doing. There's an incoming train on the other side. I believe it's full of cheese robots. Mass Ave. We're gonna have to fight foot traffic across town. Come on. Up the stairs. Go, go, go. They're coming down the stairs. God damn, dairy deputies, we're boxed in. Wait. Get behind me, get behind me. Get in. Dimitri. You? Name is Dimitri. Charlotte and Isabel sent me. Don't waste time, get in. Dimitri is my brother. You can trust him. Okay, Lucia, you heard stranger in the rail car. Go, go, go. Gemma. Greater Boston is created by Alexander Danner and Jeff Van Driesen with help from T.H. Ponders, Bob Ramunda, and Jordan Stillman. Recording and technical assistance from Mark Harmon. Portions of this episode were recorded at the Bridge Sound and Stage with recording engineers Javier Lam and Alex Allenson. This episode was written by Jeff Van Driesen and Alexander Danner and sound designed by Alexander Danner. Dialogue editing by Bob Ramunda. This episode featured Sam Musher as Emily Bespin, Brigham Snow as Ben Affleck, Kristen DiMercurio as Nicole Fonzarelli, Sophie Borjon as Lucia, James Capobianco as Freed Friend Paletti, Leslie Gideon as the Redline Real Estate Announcer, Greg Karobis as Beckett, Tariq Esau as Troy, Lydia Anderson as Gemma Linzer Coolidge, Julia Propp as Luisa Alvarez, Mike Linden as Wendell Jorgensen, Jeremy Beasley as Ryan, Bjorn Munson as Corey, Braden Lamb as Leon Stamatis, Mario DeRosa Jr. as Isaiah Powell, Jordan Higgs as Ethan Bespin, Rick Zeef as Engineer, Alexander Dar- Darrer- Alexander Danner as the narrator, and James Johnston as Dimitri Stamatis. Charlie on the MTA recorded by Emily Peterson and Dirk Tidi. Hanged Man recorded by Adrian Howard, Emily Peterson, and Dirk Tidi. You can support Greater Boston on Patreon at patreon.com slash greaterboston. Greater Boston is a Third Sight Media production. I remember the first time I went on the Orange Line, I, I, it felt like I had stepped back into 1973. I, I was so surprised because I had spent so much time on the red line and the blue line and even the green line, which is, uh, you know, sonically problematic as a method of public transit. Boylston, that, that turn on the boils to get into Boylston is just ear splitting. <laughs> it's the worst sound. I, I hear it in my sleep. I hear it in my dreams. Broke it. Shit. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. 
Podcasting, this is Roger Bergato Fisher, communications, something, Moonbase, wherever. You guys can sort out the next thing. I need to get the rover checked and loaded. Jung? On it, boss. Excuse me? If communication still makes a difference at this point in the plot, if we can keep this base or this moon together long enough to be a thing. I changed my direction. I worked my way down. I took those scraps... The bits they'd forgotten about are thrown away, and I built my own place. Still inside, but within the shadows. All my thoughts, my hopes, all of my heart is on a makeshift rocket hurtling towards us with the most precious of cargo. We'll definitely deserve a celebration. Not like yours. You and your boy down there? I hope he's got a private room waiting. It'll be enough to be close again. When I have Alex back in my arms, maybe then I can think about resistance. We've kept the corporations at arm's length longer than most. Well, whatever you're building, here or wherever, I'm in. Any way we can help. It feels like we're approaching the closing stage of this journey. The final stop. But either way, it's been one hell of a story. And either way, it ends with Alex. Moonbase Theta Out. The final season. Broadcasting on your podcast feeds starting August 14th. For early access, join us at patreon.com slash monkeymanproductions. Moonbase Theta, out.